everybody. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Daily Huddle Spiritual Matters Thursday. I am your host, Dr. Monica Obando. And I am so excited. I'm shrieking. I'm shrieking because I'm so excited about today's topic. I want to give you a quote to kind of get the get the energy going to what we're talking about today. Because our topic today is how can Tantra accelerate your spiritual journey? And the quote says, let's lay down brace each other just so truth can be told because there is no other by Wald Wasserman. The Daily Huddle is a growing tribe of passionate people who want to uplift humankind through their work and throughout their communities. We invite you to elevate the way you experience life through rich and inspiring conversations with today's thought leaders. Be prepared to challenge your views about leadership, health, money, spirituality, communication, and relationships. Welcome to The Daily Huddle. Welcome, welcome, welcome one and all. Thank you so much for being here, taking time out. If you're on the East Coast, it's nine o'clock. If you're on the West Coast, it is morning time. Well, we're going to get you even skinnier today with our topic, Stacey. We're talking about how can Tantra accelerate your journey. And I'm excited to bring to you our guest today. First of all, I'm excited to bring you any guest because I have been coached, you know, uh, the next evolution of our of our um, daily huddle episodes on Thursdays are, of course, including um, including our guests. So I'm excited to to share the wealth, as it were. Um, so our guest for today is Detrick DeBurr. He has been a masculine empowerment coach since 2016. His current focus area is men of money and mastery. Where have yeah. you heard that before? <laughs> He's a student of Tibetan five element Tantra with the Institute of Authentic Tantra, the world's only government certified Tantra training program. He is a trained facilitator with Sacred Sons, a community of men committed to health, healthy masculinity. He's also an active member of the Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. Can I say it? Can I say it? Ru, yes, that's, that's, that's okay. That's okay. We're good. Thank you very much for that. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Welcome to the Daily Huddle. It's my pleasure to be invited to the Daily Huddle. This is awesome. So how did you get started with how did we go from masculine empowerment to Tantra? Right. That's a great question. Well, first of all, um, my definition of masculinity is complete um, wholeness and, and wellness in every, every, in every area of your life. And what happens in particular when we're talking about masculinity, especially in this society, we show up financially. That's one of the, the primary metrics that we use. And then unfortunately, I'm going to say, is that we have to show up, quote unquote, what we'll call uh, intimately or sexually. And if we can't show up in those two ways, then men tend to struggle with their masculinity. So it was basically, I got to a place where I was taking a very, very close look at, you know, where I am um, on my own masculinity. And then Tantra just became, just evolved into, okay, how can I just be a better person overall, number one. And then number two, just balance out uh, who I am and who I want to be. And then so it wasn't it wasn't a choice and a picket. I think um, Tantra, almost like a martial art, kind of chooses you. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I love to hear you speak about when you speak about Tantra 
is that it, it goes beyond sex. It goes beyond, there are pillars that are unique to the Tantra journey. So what is Tantra? And how come we have this connotation that it's about sex? Right, that's a great, well, first of all, it's it's a very, 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 very small aspect of it is about sex. So if you meet most Tantra practitioners, they're going to talk about things like meditation, they're going to talk about things like movement and connection. And oh, by the way, what ends up happening is you have this tool, this technology to generate this energy and connection with another person. And if, and if you want to use that, then you have that technology available. But 90% of your work as a Tantra practitioner is with yourself. So what is Tantra? Well, basically, Tantra is um, developed primarily in um, Indian culture, and it's a way to work with the energy body. I like to say there is no illness in the physical body that doesn't first show up in our energy bodies. Mm. And so when we think about spiritual, in, in the word spiritual, there is the word ritual i.e. a practice, and that's word spirit, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And so the spirit is just another form of energy. And so it actually, Tantra is one of the most spiritual things you can do when you consider that it's just a ritualistic practice on developing our energy bodies. And when I say developing, I mean, keeping it in balance because we all have these energies. We all have the space and the air and the fire and the water and, you know, uh, earth elements present in us and around us. So the mm -hmm. real question is how do we keep them in balance? And the way we know they're not in balance is things show up in our lives. They show up as anger, they show up as frustration, they show up as health issues. So it's really all about how do we manage and keep a healthy balance of the elements of the energies in our life. That's what we do. Okay, so one of the things that you that I heard you just say was about the five elements, the mm -hmm. five element Tantra. So you focus on, for example, or not focus, but one of the guiding principles is, is the elements of air, water, earth, air, water, earth, fire, yeah. space, right? Yeah, it, okay. that is correct. That's correct. And the pillars of Tantra that you were talking about, I heard you say, uh, meditation, meditation movement, movement connection, connection and pleasure and pleasure that's right and i like to say it in that order by the way when you will hear most people talk about tantra they immediately go to the pleasure part right and they just skip over everything the connection else with sex right it, correct right it's kind of like saying, all okay, the other steps right it's like going to a three-year-old and say i want to talk about calculus where there's some fundamentals that you have to have. You have to have an understanding of subtraction and addition and understanding that there are positive and negative numbers, right? And then we can, you're right, we end up talking about calculus, right? But only before we have a healthy foundation of things like meditation and movement and connection. Okay, so what I just heard you say in that statement is meditation grounds us, movement centers us, and then that connection then you create that connection with another human being and then you and then the pleasure becomes more substantive whereas if you skip those steps the pleasure part just becomes kind of like a transaction of sorts you know it's interesting you say that because i i see the idea of um there's a difference between pleasure and satisfaction and a good way to think about it is is that uh, imagine two travelers they're both going to fly to say new york okay one is a tsa pre-check um, he's a, he or she is a frequent flyer with the airline. So they get to go to the Admiral Club or the Delta Sky Miles Club and they fly first class. Mm -hmm. The other traveler has the hustle and bustle through the 
through the terminal, take all this stuff out, put all their stuff back in, sit and wait on the plane, and then they may get a cup of water. So they both took the same journey, but one took it, one was, bo bo both were satisfied they got to New York, but one did it with a form of pleasure. And mm -hmm. so what we want to do is we want to live with pleasure. It's one thing to be satisfied. And that's where most people stop, especially as it relates to the, um, the, the sexual aspect of things. With, with Tantra, the goal is let's let, let's be conscious about bringing pleasure to our lives. And, 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 and sex is just one aspect of that. But we want to be, whether we're having a meal, whether we're driving down the road, we want that to be pleasurable mm -hmm. because pleasure is a guidance system for us. And we does can that, use it as such. Does that help us be a little bit hedonistic? I mean, how does that accelerate our spiritual journey? I'm glad you said that because it is a guidance system. That's why, that's why I made the distinction between satisfaction and pleasure okay satisfaction says okay we got this thing done okay pleasure is about all right what's the best way to do this what what does what does god want for me because he only wants the best for you and so so hedonistic i would actually um and it's, it's interesting as you mentioned that because what we do in the west we take everything and kind of sort of wrap it around, whether we're selling cars <laughs> or bank loans, you know what I mean? We, we wrap it around sex and say, oh, you know, it's not necessarily this thing that we should be, um, you know, that we should be dealing with, but actually um, pleasure is a guidance system for us. And we know that, that's why we do things that give us pleasure. Un unfortunately, sometimes things that, that, eat, that aren't even good for us, <laughs> we will do those things. As long as they give us pleasure. As long as they, as long as they, as long as they give us satisfaction. Oh, as as okay. Get me behind me, cheesecake. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they give it satisfaction, because cheesecake, unfortunately, long term doesn't give you pleasure. It puts added pounds, added weight, and you visit it an hour later. So it gave it satisfied you, right? But mm -hmm. was it really pleasurable? Did it lead you to a better life? Did it lead Did it lead you to where you wanted to be? Long term, the answer was probably no. Got it. All right. So, how, what are some of the ways in which we can? already start implementing or that we already do and don't even know it implement some tantric practices into our lives yeah one of the great places and the best places to start is with meditation just presence and awareness just presence and awareness i thought it was interesting uh, on the call initially when people were asking you know where are you they were like i'm here mm -hmm. <laughs> right now that was one of the most tantric things you can do oh we're already uh, doing tantra yeah, ex Yay! exactly <laughs> <laughs> right when we, uh -huh. when we become present, when we approach an action or activity with presence and awareness, whether that be cooking, whether that be interacting with our children, that's a tantric experience. So it's really about the approach. Mm -hmm. Okay. So being, become present, meditation. What about the movement part or the connection part? Yeah, I like, it's interesting. Movement, it's, if you think about it, you know, we have a heart that moves the blood through our bodies but we have other fluids in our bodies sure. and they all move due to movement and those fluids are just energies and so moving our bodies that's why exercise works <laughs> mm -hmm. all right that's why it works is because it is a form of movement and so whether it be dance whether it be uh, dance, whether it be uh, uh, walking, movement it basically just moves other energies in our bodies. That's all it really does. But it, what it does is once you're aware and present mm -hmm. of what's needed, 
whether that be I need a little bit more fire, I need a little bit more water, I need a bit, little bit more space, like et cetera, whatever the whether the, the the energy is. Now we can go about actually taking the medicine that we need to take. But movement is a great place to start. Okay, and then connection. Well, connection. We're we we're, we're social beings. Yeah. You know, one of the ways that we used to punish each other was put us out. Sure. Yeah, that that, and so when we are not social, we ultimately are leading. We're we're dying. It's what's happening, and mm-hmm. so just having that connection, and it's very very interesting how energy, my energy, for example, feeds your energy and feeds the energy of the people on on, on this call right here. Okay, it's that connection. Matter of fact, it's my energy interacting with your energy that gives you a sense of wellness and gives me a sense of wellness, especially when we're both uh, well and healthy. Mm-hmm. So connection would be find the pl- the places, the people that you find rejuvenating, that you find ground you, that elevate your um, sense of wellness and do more of that. And yes. the people who don't do that, that lower your HRV and then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, right. that's a side athlete joke, um, that, that don't, that give you stress or whatever, minimize that. Right, you minimize that. But but here's one thing to be very, very mindful of is that our first connections with ourselves. Mm, okay. Our very, very first connections with our with ourselves. And so when you come in contact with another nervous system that is out of balance, we have to ask ourselves, where are we? What is that bringing up for us? Where is the disconnect for us? Mm-hmm. And so you you are correct, right? Of course, you want basically going back to pleasure, you want to avoid places that don't make you feel good and you want to you know move to places that do make you feel good you want to move to connections that make you feel good and you want to move away from connections that don't make you feel good but at the end of the day it's about you and your connection with yourself and you know in this whole spiritual journey at the end of the day it's a labyrinth at the end of the day to talk take us right back to getting to know ourselves unifying our higher selves with our lower selves and that's in probably every spiritual religious discipline uh, that's out there yeah, so what I'm hearing and what you're saying is that, um, yes, part of it is seeking, not seeking, but but being open to and receptive of the pleasure that's available in the meditation, in the movement, in the connection. And when there isn't, when it's a stressful connection, when this person does bring down your HRV, et cetera, get curious about what is this, is this here to teach me and how can I use it to further ground myself and elevate my own thinking, et cetera, et cetera. Great, great point, because that's the only reason that it's present. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason for being here at the end of the day is so that we can get to know ourselves better right. at the end of the day. And that's what a spiritual journey is. Let me ask you a rather controversial question. Okay. Is the reason why people want to focus on monogamous relationships because it's easier to explore some of these sexual and connection pieces with one person at a time, serial monogamy, because ain't nobody monogamous for life. <laughs> serial monogamy. Is, is that the reason why people focus on that so much? Because it's kind of like, if you're dating multiple people, having sex with multiple people, then this, this can tend to scatter your energy. Or do you think that there's something else going on? Oh, that's a great question. Um, scatter your energy if you if the people that you're attracting are scattered, I would argue that you're not attracting scattered people. The people that are showing up in your life are showing up in your life because you're attracting them. Mm -hmm. So I believe that basically they're attracting one thing, 
Now it may show up in different vessels and different people, but they're attracting this one thing. And so hence the energy ultimately is not scattered. Now, as far as, you know, why, why the, um, and this is just a personal opinion about it. You know, I believe that this whole spiritual journey and the way I envision it is a spotlight. And so a spotlight, when a spotlight shines on me, there's a part of me you can see, but there's also a shadow of me you can't see. And that's where the work needs to be done. That's my Johari's window. That's the place I can't see, right? Mm. So when I, however, let's assume that I do experience another relationship, right? Um, that's another spotlight that's showing up on me. Sooner or later, your shadow begins to get smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where you have to see yourself for who you are. Now you have to make a decision. Do mm -hmm. I want to work on this? Do I want to create um, a healthier space for myself? Um, but you can't hide. Mm -hmm. And you can't hide from yourself anyway. So I think ultimately, um, without sounding too negative around, um, you said this whole monogamy thing, I think it allows you to hide. Ah, uh, well, wait a minute. What do you mean? I, I thought like that was that was a matrix movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think it allows you to basically to hide, meaning I can show you one side of me. Mm -hmm. And then there's another side of me you don't get to see. Right. Because you only see one angle. That's right. Whereas you only in see in me other relationships, you you can see other, other angles. Case in point, you know, your mother saw sees your father one way, and you see your father from a different angle. Right. And same person. Right. And so different things show up. Very different things will show up. That is so true. You know, Detrick and I are friends and, and, and he knows how, you know, shattered I was when my father died. But learning stories about who my father was as a husband, I was like. <gasps> exactly. Who is, that, who is that guy? That was not my daddy. And yes, he was a mess to different people. And so understanding that the wholeness of a person uh, includes the shadow, as you're mentioning, Dedrick, and to give people that space to evolve and move through their own humanity, I think it's, and witness it as they're going through it, I think is one of the greatest gifts that human beings can give to one another. So I appreciate you bringing that in. Right. It definitely teaches us a level of compassion, because once you see, quote unquote, a person, and I'll use this term, emotionally naked, Mm -hmm. spiritually naked without any of the covers this is who I am this yeah. is what you get right and then you still find a way to appreciate that person and love that person where they are right that's does connection, does connection that also work. include understanding like what works and what doesn't work right so you're saying accepting people for who they are but that that doesn't mean that we need to be in this relationship right right before you are go to you boo by heck of yours right i'll see you when i see you because this is what this distance actually works for me sure right right i mean well some people you have to love from a distance mm. <laughs> you mm. know we all have family members that we love them but we love them from the other side of the country <laughs> Right. Stacy, Stacy's giving you a hallelujah hand. <laughs> right. I mean, yes. that, so, so, so the love hasn't changed. I mean, my children do not live with me anymore. Sure. Right. Sure. That wasn't a breakup. Yeah. That was a growth. That was graduation. Oh, that's great. To, that's a that great was evolution. Thing. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to open it up for everybody to <laughs> give us some questions and commentary. I didn't see them already in the chat. People were saying, wow. <laughs> What is it? Wowza. Somebody said, wowza. Okay, let's see. Questions, comments for Dedrick? Who has a question or comment? 
Uh, oh, oh, they're coming. Okay, is that Cece? Cece, come on through. Are, are you on a treadmill? Oh. Okay. Can you hear me? I can. Yes, oh, can. great. I'm not on a treadmill. And I thank you guys for this subject. Um, I love my family from the other side of the country <laughs> because I chose to evolve and create a life that works. That means I'm no longer playing Jekyll and Hyde. I am the same way, what, no matter what. And this is what I learned from my parents who love me so much. They learned how to be one way in this environment and another way in a different environment. And I saw that in myself. So I chose to change. This is the involvement of the relationship yeah. between myself and God. Yeah. So these days I'm taking extra efforts to change me, not the people around me. I change, surrender my fleshly thinking, thoughts, behaviors, or what have you to something greater than myself. So I'm becoming better because of you guys. Thank you. Oh, awesome. Thank That's you. Great. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Sorrel, you've got something. Good morning, Dietrich. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. You know, Monica, you really put a twist on the whole conversation when you brought the serial monogamy mm -hmm. and monogamous relationships in the sense and Dietrich you dropped the mic and you said serial monogamy and I want to make sure I heard you correctly serial monogamy gives me the opportunity to hide because there is a side of me that I don't get to see and deal with when I stay in a single relationship. Did I hear that correctly? That's basically what I said, yes. And for me, and I, I'm guessing for many other people, the way I've been raised is that, oh my God, you dare not be in a monogamous relationship. You are wrong, you are immoral, you are going to hell. Mm -hmm. uh, how does Tantra deal with the morality aspect of living as a human being? And what do you want to, what, what could you say about that to give me a little space? Yeah, Because I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in this moral world. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that because that makes the assumption that monogamy is the way it's always been and Tantra is something new. Ooh. You know what I say about checking yourself. Okay, what do you mean by that, Dadrick? As a matter of fact, I mean, tantric practice, right? Tantric practice goes back thousands of years. There mm -hmm. is a lot of discussion around how Jesus the Christ was tantric in his actions and his relationships. Now, we'd have to get off into a whole nother discussion on a whole, you know, a whole nother sermon for a whole nother Sunday. And so there was, there was, not, a, there was not a spiritual practice that did not have an aspect of sexual evolution that was not a spiritual practice where you didn't use your full body and pleasure. There, mm -hmm. there were many temples that you could not enter into unless you passed through the sexual or intimate sort of relationship with these people, okay? So this idea of uh, sex being this thing that we do um, secret or in secret is a relatively new concept that's number one so i have that so so we talk about being in uh you know we're going to hell the question is we may already be there 
Mm-hmm. That may be the issue. We may already be there. And now the move is how do we get to heaven? Mm-hmm. That's the better question. How do we get to heaven? Okay. And so the morality piece of it. Um, right. What and I'm so the, go ahead. Yeah. So the, the, mora- the, the morality question we have to ask is where did it come from and who does it serve? Mm. And if it serves someone else's purpose, which I think we could go down that road and, and determine that it does, um, then we have to ask a question. More importantly, we can just ask yourself, how does, how does this feel? Right. If, you know, if you've ever tried on clothes and they don't feel right, they're not for you. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to say, but it's my size. This is, I wear a size nine and the shirt is a nine. But if you put the nine on and it doesn't fit, guess what? Mm-hmm. It's not for you. Yeah. And, and, and trust that. But instead, what we'll do is shove our foot inside of a size nine because we believe that we're a size nine. Mm. I love that you are presencing these different um, aspects of Tantra and how they can accelerate our journey. Because, like I said, the the modern belief of it, and I think it's because we over-sexualize everything. Everything, that's okay. correct, right. Um, is that Tantra is about sex. And it's, Far about, from it. and it's about freaky sex, more, more, from it. more specifically. Tara has her hand up. Yes, so darn it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said something in the beginning and I would love for you to touch on it in these last few minutes because you kind of dusted over it is that you, you have a lot of focus on masculine empowerment. Yes. You described it in two ways. And I kind of wonder about your passion around that. Like, tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, you know, well, I was I was talking to someone the other day and they made reference to this whole idea of the feminine is rising, women empowerment, right? And he used the term feminine rising. I said, no, it's a feminine remembrance. Mm. It, it's, not, it's not that she's coming into power. It's that we have finally decided, some of us intelligent people have decided that we can't continue to oppress her. That's what that what we that's that that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now that we've established that the feminine is present and we're finally recognizing it, and she is powerful. I'm just using a she here, and she is powerful. Then therefore, she has to have a complement, or she'll be out of balance. Also, mm-hmm. so how do we show up for the feminine in a divine way so that she can show up in a divine way that means we have to develop a form of what i'll call divine masculinity mm-hmm. and then it's a natural compliment and now you don't you're not afraid of a woman or a feminine being when you're showing up showing up in a masculine way and you're comfortable with your own masculinity because i'm not using you as the metric for my masculinity anymore Mm-hmm. But if I use access to, to women or, or sex as my metric of masculinity, or if I use my bank account as a metric of my masculinity, there's a lot of chances I'm going to fail. And mm-hmm. a lot of it is completely outside of my control. So if she doesn't date me anymore, if she doesn't want to be, then I'm, I'm no longer a man, or the job doesn't want me anymore, I'm no longer a man. And the answer to that is absolutely not, because I was created by a being that has a masculine presence. And my job is to simply reflect that, just like the sun on earth as it is in the heavens. Mm-hmm. Okay, you started, Tara, did you see this? He put the stole on, somebody put the little, 
you know, the, the, he just started preaching. Shiva was giving me the hallelujah. Hand you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, the, the sun needs, exactly. I love that you asked that um, because it is, it is a dance, right? It is a dance of the masculine and the feminine. And I love the, the symbolism of the yin and the yang symbol in that the black side of that circle has a white dot in it. And the, and the white side of the circle has a black dot in it. And so there's, there's femininity inside of masculinity and there's masculinity inside of femininity. Um, and you can't, have like, one without, can't have one without the other and it'd be functional and healthy. Right. It's like saying we just take left turns. We don't take right turns. It's like, well, what? Eventually, eventually that is a right turn. <laughs> you can't escape it. You're right. I love this conversation. You know, Dedrick, that I can talk to you forever. I appreciate you coming in to share with us and contribute to the Daily Huddle family. I appreciate all of you for coming in and spending some of your time with us. And take note of that, right? Take note of how can I walk, let's walk away from this conversation thinking about how can I insert more meditation into my life? How can I insert more movement, movement. into my life? How can I insert deeper connections and how can I find pleasure in the places where I already live like look at that beverage that Tara just you know that's a pleasure piece right there right I'm about to go have some breakfast after this that's pleasure right there I'm about to have a phone call with a coaching client that's pleasure right there Ronald says Dedrick needs to come back oh okay that's great. yeah the question very quickly the question Tara needs to be how can I make that cup of I'm assuming coffee just a little bit more pleasurable. What could I have done? Could I have added some cinnamon? Could I have added, I don't know, but that's the question. But once you start asking that question with everything that you do, mm -hmm. your life gets better because whatever your spiritual path is, God, universe, whatever wants to bless you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Gio, I know you have a question. Lord have mercy, but it's already one minute past. Okay, quickly, go. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so one of the things that I'm, I'm walking away with is this opportunity to be, to be present and some degree try to find consciousness to my energy body. Mm -hmm. And, and then there, and then finding in that flow, there is an aspect of intimacy, sexuality that, that also gets to get covered. But then also there's something you said, and I really loved monogamy. It's a, it's a place where I can hide. And that was really brilliant. That was really something to look. Um, but it left me in somewhat also incomplete in, in, in something I wanted to get your thoughts on, Dedrick, which is it, is it is a place to hide, yes, but it's it's also a place that protects the other person. And in a, in a relationship, there's a flow of energy together mm -hmm. and That's not just in one person. So just for me to discover my flow of energy with myself and others really leaves it could leave somebody really hurt yes and, it, and and in some degree i hear in this conversation you're not saying it but i'm hearing it that it's okay if i hurt you as long as i am in my energy flow mm. that's like that's your issue you know go, go find your own energy flow you're not saying that but I, I find that the conversation could lead that and lead to that and i'm like no i'm not i'm not settled on that i'm not settled on just because I want to have good energy pleasure, I, I get to hurt other people in the process. Right. I'm yeah. saying just the opposite of that. As a matter of fact, I'm saying that I'm responsible for creating a space of safety for you, period. But my safety and your safety is not contingent. Your safety is not contingent upon my actions. 
you are God whole and complete, regardless of what I do. And so if there is a hurt or if there's a trigger, I think that's a better way to say it, right? Then we have to ask yourself the question, what is it, what, what experience have I had in my life? What does this mean to me? For example, when she doesn't call me back, what does that mean? When was the first time someone didn't call me back? Does that mean mom is not coming back? Does that mean my friend has moved away? What does that really, really mean? And we'll find out that it means something bigger. It, the, the, it has nothing to do with the callback. It has everything to do with something, some trauma that's stored in our bodies that we just need to address. So what we're really doing is just searching for those traumas, finding them, and then applying a solve or what do you call it, of some medicine to the, to those traumas. And that's how we get better over time, in my opinion. I think I think the part that is not being said also is is the part of consent and agreement. Because there, it could be that you know you're in a relationship and you decided that you're not going to be monogamous, <laughs> but you didn't send the memo anywhere. Well, that's not that's no that, that's correct. That and is correct. So there's a level of consent and agreement that has to be present in order for this to be an integrity and, and congruent for everybody. And then we can explore why is this bothersome? Why is this triggersome? You know, what are my concerns? What are my fears? Et cetera, et cetera. And you and you move in accordance with you know the lowest common denominator for everybody involved. So that was a great question, Joanne. I'm glad, I'm glad I, we put it in the space. Yeah. Thank you again, everybody, for being here with, with all of us. And have a great rest of your week, everybody. Thank you very much. At The Daily Huddle, we agree that the best way to kick off the day is to adhere to Patty Dabrowski's seven principles for having a happy body, sexy skin, a laughing spirit, and a rewarding life. Give. Give of your time, your full attention, and of your unique talents. Move. Move your body to keep it feeling energized and alive. Eat mostly plants. Plants are the purest fuel to help you reach your full potential each day. Sleep. Sleep is how the body repairs itself and readies us to give us our best every day. Stress less. According to John Perkins, stress is just a problem without a solution. Choose your solution and dismiss the stress. Laugh, laugh out loud. From your belly to your chest and with your head tossed back, you will fire up your endorphins and bring more energy to everyone around you. Love, most of all love. With your words, your thoughts, your actions, Power them with love and watch the way you experience life elevate to all it can be. We thank you for joining us on The Daily Huddle. We are a growing tribe of passionate professionals seeking to inspire a new generation of leaders. Until next time, go out and share your unique ability to impact the world. See you next time.